Hey friend, you busy? I don't know about you, but it's easy to fall into being a busy bee with all the things you're juggling in midlife and business. You may be one of those women who loves a good long checklist, an overly scribbled calendar, and a laundry list of roles responsibilities, and find a sense of satisfaction in seeking the tasks getting checked off one by one, even if that means you get less sleep than they say you should, drink more caffeine than they say you should, and don't see your family as much as you think you should. That was me too. Always doing, doing, doing. Always busy, busy, busy. But when people like you and me meet the God of rest, we have a problem. Why do we feel like we always need to be doing for a God who saves us by grace alone? Probably because we've made our busyness an idol. Uh Uh-oh, there's that word again. Yep, this is part two of our Above All Else Lent series, where we're taking a look at what rules our hearts. If you already know busyness might be an idol, or even if you think you're safe because you don't enjoy being busy or delight in a full schedule, this episode is for you. Because chances are, either way, busyness has a wrong place in your heart too. But good news, Jesus gives us an example of how to live a life full of purpose that's not busy. Are you ready to slow down with me and do some heart work? Good. This might hurt at first, but I promise it's going to be worth it. Did you know busy is not just a disordered calendar or to-do list? It's a disordered heart. And a well-ordered life flows from a well-ordered heart that's focused on Him. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast, the go-to place for busy Christian women juggling all the things in midlife and business. From launching kids to aging parents, caring for your needs to serving your clients, investing in relationships to serving in your community. Oh, and keeping up with the laundry, the dishes, and the dirty floors. Honestly, it's a lot to balance. No wonder you feel like you never have enough time. All the time management gurus out there will tell you, you just need to get more organized. And chances are you've tried all the things, the planners, the programs, the all start Monday plans, but they never worked, at least not for very long. That's because those don't get to the heart of your busyness. Here, you'll learn how to build a with God life and business and go from busyness to fruitfulness in this season. And it starts in your heart, not in your calendar. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management expert, priorities protector, and recovering should-do list girl. I've been leading, teaching, and coaching Christian women for over 25 years, and I've been right where you are, controlled by all the shuns, expectations, obligations, and distractions. But then... God showed me how to redeem my time with faith at the center to let who I am and whose I am guide how I use my time. I'm here to share with you how to use his truth along with time management tools to discover you really do have all the time you need for what you're called to. You just need someone to show you the way. Open up your heart and calendar because I'm going to show you how to redeem your time and stop believing there's never enough. Are you ready? Hey friend, before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's left a review of the Redeem Her Time podcast. Because unlike on social media, where an algorithm only shows your post to 2 to 5% of your friends, 100% of the followers of the podcast see the new episode in their library when it pops up. So when you leave a review, 
It shows the podcast platform that this is valuable content. So that way it will bump it to the top of the search results. And that is how you can help more busy Christian women juggling all the things in midlife and business find the same truth and tools that you found here to finally manage their time from a faith-centered perspective. Because as you and I both know, that's where the root of the problem lies, as well as the solution. And as if that wasn't enough reason to leave a review, for the rest of February, you can help me help them. For every five-star review left on Apple Podcasts this month, or a social or text share of the show or an episode, just post a screenshot inside the Redeemer Time community, I will add five more dollars to the money I'll be taking to the organization in Central Asia supporting women building a handcrafted bag business to support their families, and ultimately, to help them find saving faith in Jesus. You just have to go to Redeem Her Time Podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to five stars, click the pencil to leave a review, and write a sentence or two. And let's get our reviews up to over 100, so that way we can bless women on the other side of the world who don't have the same luxury of time and money that we do. And for those of you who join the Redeemed Midlife CEO, 10% of your tuition goes directly to the organization as we partner with them. So would you help me help them? It would mean the world to me and to them. Speaking of having the luxury of time and the luxury of wasting it, are you frustrated when it comes to your yet again futile attempts to manage your time so you can do all the things in your life, faith and business? I get it. You've probably tried all the things, used all the planners, but have you actually used every page through December 31st? You've probably taken all the programs, but have you really finished and applied everything they taught you? You've probably even started all the all-start January 1st plans, but did you really make a plan and stick with it long enough? I get it. You're starting to mistrust the gurus, the tools, and even yourself. Why bother when things never really change? never work, and never last. No wonder you've resigned yourself to no more wasting time, money, or energy. And for good reason. Because lost hope and confidence and ever truly experiencing results with your time is exactly what it is going to keep you unstuck on this side. And I'm here to applaud you for making that decision, whether it was intentional or unintentional. Because if you're like I was, most of what you've tried was coming from the world's point of view, Or perhaps it had a Bible verse slapped on it somewhere to call it Christian. But was it really getting to the heart of your time issues, which are really heart issues? Was that planner helping you map out your time with kingdom purpose? Was that program pointing you towards what God says about your time or what the expert says? Was that plan connected to what really matters beyond the here and now to build your business? If so, perhaps you just need to stick with that planner, that program, or that I'll start January 1st plan a little longer because you're on the right track. But if not, and if you've given up on all the things that promise results and never last and only leave you feeling there's still not enough time and that you're not enough, I want to invite you to come check out the Redeemed Midlife CEO because guaranteed it's different from everything you've tried. Inside, you'll find the planner to look at time as it relates to what you're called to in both your with God life and business. So you can stop trying to multitask and cram everything into the days, minutes, and hours of your day. You'll find the program to help you develop the eight key areas of attention in your life, along with the foundational elements of your business, so you can stop chasing great intentions without seeing lasting results. And you'll find the Start Today plan, 
to help you finally make progress and cross the finish line on the life or business projects you keep saying you need to do. But don't take my word for it. Go check out the testimonials that other CEOs are sharing about how it's been different from all the things they've tried and failed with in the past. Where can you find that? At redeemhertime.com forward slash coaching. And while you're there, I want to encourage you, actually challenge you to take your next step and submit your application. So that way we can hop on a business breakthrough call where we'll look at where your time is stuck, what you've tried that's not worked in the past, and how this program can help you get to the root of your busyness and time challenges in both life and business. I've got a few spots left for those who are serious about seeing growth and change. So if that's you, grab the link in the show notes. Have you had someone say to you lately, I didn't want to bother you because I know you're busy. I don't know how you hear that. And I'm sure they mean it as a compliment that you have a lot of good things you're doing. But that comment hits me like a ton of bricks. I never want anyone to feel like I'm too busy for them. Perhaps when you hear that, it's time for me and you to take a look in the mirror at which God has our heart and time, the gods of this world or the one true God of the word. You see, many of us are serving the God of this world, aka the God of busyness, because we're afraid we might miss an opportunity. While all along, we should be serving the one true God, aka the Lord and giver of time, and in reality, are missing the opportunity. We've talked about this before. Busyness is not really a badge of honor or a mark of significance or a measure of value. But we seem to think it is when we at, when asked how life is, we smile and respond with good, just busy. Busyness is not a virtue. It's a vice and it can easily become an idol. Psalm 127.2 reminds us, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives rest to his beloved. Friend, are you more like the one rising early, staying up too late, and filling the in-between with vain busyness? Or are you the one who truly enters his rest? Why do we feel like we always need to be doing? I hate to admit that I've too often been the former, but God is teaching me how to be more of the latter. And I pray that through this podcast and this episode, he will continue that work in both of our hearts and calendars. So today, I want to answer two questions about the idol of busyness. First, what is the problem of worshiping our busyness? And second, what is the answer to dethroning our busyness? Let's start with number one. What is the problem of worshiping our busyness? We have to start with a problem because we can't change what we don't admit needs changing, right? I'm guessing that most of us as women, driven by purpose in life and business, even if it's God-given, fall into the trap of worshiping our busyness like, like Mary and Martha. In this story, we see two people that are living out the two people from Psalm 127-2 in real life. You see, both welcomed Jesus into their home, but both of them had a different response to being with him. Martha busied herself with tasks because there was a table to set, food to prepare, mouths to feed, while Mary sat at Jesus' feet. In fact, we find Mary at his feet more often than not. Do you know the story about the woman anointing his feet with perfume? That was Mary. It seems like an extravagant waste of time and money. Isn't there a better investment? But what does Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, aka Martha, you are busy. 
But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, 41 through 42. Now, I'm sure Martha's intentions were well-meaning, but she busied herself with her tasks, and she missed out on the opportunity to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Is the same true of you and me? Do we value our doing, even doing for him over being with him? And if so, and we struggle to lay it down, it may be an idol. Now, even if you say you don't enjoy being busy or delight in a full schedule that keeps you running all day long, your heart may still cling to doing as how you measure your value. According to the busyness chapter in the Daily Grace study, More Than Anything, if we look at the amount of things we can do and accomplish in a day as a measure of our worth and value, it has become an idol. If we find that our days are ruled and restricted by deadlines and time restraints, it has become an idol. If we are unable to relinquish our schedules, plans, and tasks to the Lord, it has become an idol. But what about Martha's choice? He says her investment of time and later a year's worth of money is spot on. Did I say Martha? I meant Mary. So my brain is so much a Martha, right? Mary is the one who's worshiping him over everything else calling for her attention. Notice that even her sister Martha and the disciples thought otherwise. But pleasing others is not worshiping and pleasing him. All of that to say, if right now you're washing dishes after serving dinner to your family, folding laundry so others can be clothed, writing an email to follow up with a client, or doing any other life or business task while you listen, it doesn't necessarily mean your busyness has become idolatrous. That, my friend, is not a to-do list or a calendar issue. It's an issue of the heart. So here's the question you need to ask. What position does your constantly doing, aka your busyness, have in your heart? I'm just going to say, I'm over here feeling the sting of these words too, because too often I'm guilty as charged, even when doing the Lord's work. But God has been changing all of that as I look to his word and to his son for the truth and tools to change. Which brings us to question number two. What is the answer to dethroning our busyness? It's simple. Following Jesus' example. Now, before you go saying he didn't have social media, a smartphone, a spouse and kids, or a ministry to run, if he lived today, he very well would have. And yet, his response to our modern-day busyness would be no different than his response back in 30 to 33 AD. Because he had a lot of traveling to do. There was no napping in the back seat. He had a lot of healing to do to those who didn't believe they could be healed. He had a lot of teaching to do to those who thought they knew it all. He had a lot of discipling to do with those who kept forgetting what he already taught them. Talk about long and full days. But Jesus' life was about serving kingdom purpose because he was only about his father's business. He never let his plans take the throne of his heart. Currently, my CEOs are reading a heart and time transforming book called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And guess what? You can join us when you apply to the Redeemed Midlife CEO. What I love in here is how it speaks to what set Jesus' time management apart from the rest of us. He managed time less and paid attention more. He noticed. He was fully awake. Let me read you an excerpt from the book on page 78. It says, Jesus lived life with the clearest and highest purpose. Yet he veered and strayed from one interruption to the next, 
with no apparent plan in hand other than his single overarching one, get to Jerusalem and die. Otherwise, his days, as far as we can figure, were a series of zigzags and detours, apparent whims and second thoughts, interruptions and delays, off-the-cuff plans, spur-of-the-moment decisions, leisurely meals, serendipitous rounds of storytelling. Who touched me? You give them something to eat. Let's go to the other side. Jesus was available. The closest we get to what dictated Jesus' schedule is his own statement in John's Gospel. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. John 3, 8. And then the Apostle Peter, after declaring that Jesus is Lord of all, describes his modus operandi. He says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good. He wandered. He blessed. He was a physician vagabond. He was the original doctor without borders. His purpose was crystallized, but his method almost scattered. My whole life, I've been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted, Henry Nouwen said near the end of his life, until I discovered the interruptions were my work. No, Jesus didn't seem to keep time, but he noticed, and everyone captured his attention. And what I love is that then he invited others, including us, to manage our time less and pay attention more too. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Do you see this woman? Where are the other nine? Why do you call me good? Who do you say that I am? You see, Jesus lived with true purpose and purposefulness, and that required paying attention. And get this, becoming hospitable to interruptions, including interruptions to our plans and to-dos. You see, Jesus' theology of time was a conviction deep within that God is the Lord of our days and years, and that his purpose and presence often come disguised as detours, messes, and defeats. He said, I came to you naked, and you stopped to feed me. I came to you thirsty, and you noticed and gave me a drink. Whenever you did these to the least of these, you did them to me. Have you ever stopped to think, Jesus wears the disguise of interruption? So a good test of if busyness is an idol is how you respond when you get interrupted. Do you gently and patiently turn to truly connect with the one who touched your garment? Remember the days when little ones were always tugging at your pant leg? Or do you bark out a leave me alone, I'm busy, to the one who just walked into your office while recording a podcast about busyness? Gulp. Now, while Jesus never struggled with his response to the busyness around him, nor did he ever wrongly elevate the busyness inside him, it may be easy to say, well, I'm not Jesus. And that's true, my friend. But as driven, purposeful Christian women, we will probably continue to struggle with misplaced worship around our busyness the rest of our lives. But here's the good news. We can practice his way and how we address it to keep it in check. Because if you are in a busy season right now with a spouse, kids, grandkids, aging parents, or in-laws to accommodate, with a demanding job or a business that requires you to wear all the hats, with a health change or diagnosis or crisis or loss, or any of a thousand other things calling for your attention, Jesus says to you, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my way of living upon you, and learn from me, 
for I am gentle in spirit, and you will find true rest for your souls. Matthew eleven twenty eight. And I noticed that Jesus did three key things. Three key things that will help us to keep busyness farther away. First, he prayed to the Father. Second, he slowed down his pace. And third, he paused to rest. Let's touch on each as the answer to our idolatrous busyness. Because if you truly do these things on a regular basis, your heart and my heart will look more like his. So number one, he prayed to the Father. It didn't matter if it was early in the morning or late at night or in the middle of the night or the middle of the day. He often got away to talk to God. He even prayed right in the middle of the crowd saying, I thank you, Father, that you hear me. Jesus' heart was always aligned to the Father, but even he felt the need to reconnect. How much more do we, who get off on every rabbit trail of busyness, need to talk to the one who not only gives us life, but time as well? Prayer is how we can reorient our heart and attention back to God, how we can keep him at the forefront of our days instead of our to-do list, how we can ask him what he wants us to do instead of barreling ahead with our agenda, how we will find true fulfillment and peace beyond our doing. Number two, he slowed down his pace. What I love is Jesus didn't do anything fast. He walked everywhere he went. He sat down to dinner with disciples and sinners. He invited others to sit down on the mountainside and listen. He sat by the well and had a conversation with those who came. He sat on the beach watching the fishermen. He invited children to come sit on his lap. He noticed the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. Although the world around him was probably rushing somewhere, to the market, to the temple, to see this guy who healed people, he was never in a rush. So much so that even when the crowds pressed in, he noticed someone touched the hem of his robe and he stopped to turn and look into the eyes of the one whose faith had just made her well. Slowing our pace is how we see the people, the things, the purposes for which we were made. The things busy people miss when they're always in a hurry. And number three, he paused to rest. Despite being fully God, Jesus was fully man when he took on human form. And as such, he too experienced the limits of humanness. The need to eat and drink, the need to clean his hands and feet, the need to rest his body. If he didn't have limits, he could have truly been busy 24-7 if he wanted to, but he didn't. And he showed us, us busy people, to rest as well. He took a nap while crossing the sea in a boat with his disciples. He reclined at tables to enjoy a meal and glass of wine with religious leaders and sinners. He encouraged his disciples to come away with him after a long day of ministry. What I love about rest is that it requires trust. Trust that the world will keep spinning when our eyes are closed, and then we are as vulnerable as a sleeping baby. Trust that the God who controls it all neither slumbers nor sleeps and does not need our help to keep everything under control. No one is beyond the need for rest, including Jesus, and the busier our lives, the more rest we need. Now, no matter what your season of life or business, or how long your to-do list, or how cluttered your calendar, we all need the truth of his word to remind us that no matter how much we think busyness will help us get it all done, it will never give us more time or make us enough for it all. So here is where we follow what Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 tells us. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, aka busy like the world, but as wise, unhurried like Jesus. And why? 
because these are difficult days, full of temptations to elevate our busyness in life over who this life is even for. As we seek to redirect our worship in our heart and time to the one who truly rules our days, here are a few reflection questions to help you evaluate the place busyness has in your heart and if it has become an idol. Are you ready? How does busyness affect the way you live? How are you affected by interruptions or idle time? Who do you most relate to in the Mary and Martha story in regards to busyness? In what ways does the example of Jesus reveal a difference in being busy in the right way from the world's way? What would it look like for you to turn from the idol of busyness? The key, my friend, is to look at ourselves, to recognize the idols of our heart, and then look to him for the wisdom to put him back in his rightful place. I don't know about you, but I cannot do this work without the help of the Spirit and a group of like-minded women who are struggling with busyness too, not only willing to admit it, but to let him change them. If that's what you need to, then I invite you to come join the conversation today inside the Redeem Her Time community. If this is your first time, you can find us at redeemhertime.com forward slash community. And here is today's community question. What is one step that you will take to turn from the idol of busyness? Come share and get accountability and support inside of a group of women who not only get you, but got him. And if you really want to break through the hold busyness has on your heart and calendar, I invite you to apply to the Redeemed Midlife CEO and access a busyness breakthrough call with me. And let's work on going from busyness to fruitfulness in life and business together with God. So before we go, let's pray. Oh, Father God, we humbly pause from our busyness to come to you and admit we have made our doing our busyness an idol. We have placed our value and worth on that which we can do over that which you can do. And we act like you need us rather than us needing you. Forgive us for being so busy doing things for you that we miss the opportunities you put in front of us to be with you. And as you reveal the idols of our hearts, give us a desire to seek you above all else and to put you back on the throne. Continue to point us to your word and to your son for the example of how to remove busyness by praying to you, slowing down our pace, and pausing to rest. As we lay down our burden of always doing, may we find the true rest you promise and the acceptance that comes by grace alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friend, I'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, instead of chasing time on a clock, trying to control it, receive the gift of time from the one who truly holds it. Because as his daughter, you have time. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real-life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. 
Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15-16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.